This Security Ledger podcast is sponsored by LastPass. For more than 47,000 businesses of all sizes, LastPass reduces friction for employees while increasing control and visibility for IT with an access solution that's easy to manage and effortless to use. From single sign-on and password management to adaptive authentication, LastPass gives superior control to IT and frictionless access to users. Check it out at lastpass.com. Hello, and welcome to the Security Ledger podcast. I'm Paul Roberts, the editor-in-chief at the Security Ledger. To paraphrase the author F. Scott Fitzgerald, large companies aren't like everyone else. They use fewer passwords. That's one of the unmistakable conclusions of a survey conducted by the firm LastPass, part of LogMeIn. In its latest global password security report, LastPass analysis shows that employees at small firms typically manage 84 passwords on average. That's three times the number of passwords as workers at larger companies. Those small company employees also did a worse job managing all their extra passwords, with bad hygiene-like password reuse and weak passwords much more common. How did we get to this state of password haves and have-nots? To understand the dynamic a bit better, we invited Gerald Bouchelt, who's the Chief Information Security Officer at LogMeIn, into the Security Ledger Studios. Bouchelt is responsible for managing and maintaining security programs across LogMeIn. In this conversation, he and I talk about the continuing challenges of managing passwords and some of the conclusions of LastPass's password security report. As a provider of password management technology for some 47,000 organizations, LastPass has a pretty unique perspective on password use patterns. Bouchelle tells me that password security in 2019 is a mixed bag. While the company saw a noticeable uptick in the use of multi-factor technology across the board, the benefits of technologies like multi-factor and single sign-on are not being shared equally with larger firms embracing them while smaller firms fall behind. To start out, I asked Gerald to tell me a little bit about the work he does as Chief Information Security Officer at LogMeIn, and also to talk about the Global Password Security Report and how the company collected the data that informs the report. Gerald Buschelt, I am the uh, Chief Information Security Officer for LogMeIn. And uh, LogMeIn is obviously the the maker of LastPass. And in in my role, I'm uh, really responsible for managing and uh, maintaining the overall security program at LogMeIn across uh, the entire company. That includes the uh, corporate uh, enterprise, that includes uh, production, um, that also includes development. So really covering, uh, trying to cover everything across the, uh, the board. Because uh, I'm one of the firm believers that uh, uh, adversaries really do not make a distinction between different parts of an organization, but uh, take a look at this holistically. So we're doing it the same way on our end. We're here to talk about your third annual Global Password Security Report. Tell us just a little bit about how you bring this report together and sort of what data it's actually capturing. Sure. As you know, Paul, and I'm sure as uh, many uh, listeners uh, know as well, LastPass is an enterprise password manager. And as such, we have uh, implemented uh, password management functions for um, more than 47,000 organizations uh, across the globe. What makes it quite interesting is uh, that LastPass in and by itself implements what we call a uh, zero-knowledge model. 
And that means that we really do not have any insight into what is uh, contained within uh, our customers' uh, password vault. So we really are only managing on our side the overall system as well as the um, encrypted uh, um, copies of uh, the customer's vaults and only allow to decrypt this kind of information with the necessary master password that only our customers have. But what we can do is part of the uh, vault implementation is to uh, have, have a couple of uh, uh, instrumentations in there. And we do this really to protect our customers. We're focusing on making sure that uh, passwords are reasonably secure and um, uh, pass- customers can compute the, the overall uh, quality of, uh, of, of their passwords and get a, a security score. We can uh, understand whether multi-factor uh, is turned on or off. We can also make sure that we uh, send hashes off to uh, uh, s- services like password ping that really look at uh, past breaches and make sure that uh, uh, passwords that have been compromised, that have been known to be compromised, can be identified and then changed by our customers. All of that, obviously, like I said, is without us really understanding what's what's in those kind of vaults, but uh, uh, with a very rich set of inter- instrumentation. And that instrumentation really then allows us uh, to, uh, to help us in an uh, anonymized and aggregated form look at uh, what's actually happening across uh, these 47,000 organizations that we're, uh, that we're serving. And that, that information, so real, real-time, honest, uh, uh, actual data, not uh, just survey answers, is the basis for this uh, uh, password security report that we published. It's a very powerful kind of uh, uh, tool because this is, this is not just opinion. This is not just uh, people answering uh, questionnaires. But uh, the, the data is really based on uh, what our customers are actually doing, what, what people across the globe are doing in different industries and across different organizations of different sizes, et cetera. Sure. So you've got a massive trove of passwords there mm-hmm. uh, that you can't see, but you can statistically analyze, I guess, is uh, one way to look at it. Exactly. Right. That is exactly how we do right. this. You know, that's a, that's a useful set of data to look at. What were some of the big uh, or high-level takeaways that you came away with this year? Again, it's the third year you've done it. Things getting better or worse in regards to how people are managing their passwords? Well, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. Uh, I mean, one thing that we were definitely encouraged by was to see that uh, there's uh, been a fairly significant uptick in uh, the use of multi-factor authentication uh, toolings. It was roughly in the uh, uh, range of uh, 12% year over year. I think that is encouraging because we are strong believers that uh, relying on passwords only uh, is something that may be appropriate in some instances, but for certain high uh, sensitivity uh, accounts, it is always better to rely on multiple factors of authentication in order to make sure that the authentication process uh, has, has the right kind of results. So uh, seeing that was a huge uh, step in the right direction. What's also been interesting is that we're starting to see that in, in large enterprises, the number of passwords is, uh, is really going down uh, compared to yeah. um, small and medium businesses. And that is something that we um, really correlate with the fact that larger companies have already started to uh, deploy significant single sign-on solutions, which, again, is like, I think, a really great idea in order to um, limit the problem and reduce the threat surface. Uh, but that's something that so far really has been only available to to larger organizations and not so much to to smaller ones. And um, that's one of the things that we're trying to help also solve with our uh, new LastPass identity offering. Yeah. And in fact, you, you have some data on that from the survey where you found employees at large enterprises had, I think, on order of, you know, a couple dozen, 24, 25 passwords on average. 
But then at smaller organizations, mm-hmm. um, that was it was almost it was more than triple that it was mm-hmm. like 84, 85 passwords per employee on average. Mm-hmm. How do we explain that? I mean, that's a drastic difference. And obviously each of those passwords represents a potential weak link security wise mm-hmm. and also needs to be managed. So how is it that smaller companies end up with so much more password overhead? Yeah, I think it's like I said, it's like uh, large companies have started to uh, wholeheartedly embrace sing, uh, single sign-on and uh, identity federations across the board. So if I'm looking at our own organization, if I need to sign into uh, my email, then I'm going through the same kind of identity uh, provider that I would use to sign into um, my uh, um, collaboration solutions or my uh, go-to-meeting solution. So it's like this kind of single sign-on, this kind of federation across the board is really helping to minimize the proliferation of accounts across the board. It reduces the th- uh, threat surface quite significantly and uh, helps uh, employees to focus on, on less passwords versus more. This technology so far has been fairly expensive. It has uh, been uh, fairly complex to deploy and, uh, and maintain, which is why really only larger companies had the opportunity to do that. We're hoping that uh, uh, we can now also help smaller companies to get into this uh, single sign-on space as well and uh, start to deploy that also. You noted a fairly substantial or certainly statistically significant increase, 12% in mm-hmm. the use of multi-factor across the board. What would account for that? I mean, obviously in the last year, we've seen things like GDPR mm-hmm. uh, take effect and, and some changes on the regulatory front. Is it that, do you think, or is it just that companies are getting wise to the fact that passwords are a weak link for them security-wise? I would hope it's the latter, but I think it is also motivated by the former. I think the sheer number of uh, breaches that we're seeing now literally on a a weekly kind of a basis and the uh, potential impact that this can have on companies or organizations is something that's definitely motivating them to to think uh, harder about how to properly protect things. It's hard to roll out a multi-factor solution in some cases. It's it's not something that can be just done, uh, cases cannot just be done overnight and uh, then it's all good. So it takes time. But uh, um, given the fact that uh, stolen passwords uh, can not only uh, result in, in some stolen uh, intellectual property or personal information or, or other things that are valuable, but it can also result in uh, further threats uh, that involve ransomware, that in- involve persistent access to the, the, the back offices of companies. I think people are really starting to realize that, that this is a real problem and uh, it can be at least partially addressed by using uh, appropriate multi-factor solutions. I think also you're, you're absolutely right. Like there, there is a growing number of regulations across the globe that is starting to um, uh, mandate a multi-factor or strong authentication for certain types of activities, particularly around uh, ad- administrative or privileged accounts. I think that really co- uh, contributes to, to the further proliferation of uh, multi-factor. And then um, there's the general regulations like the GDPR or like the upcoming PSD2 uh, requirements in the, mm-hmm. uh, in the EU that are um, that where, where companies are saying, it's like, look, it's like, we have to do this anyway, so let's do this right. Uh, if we introduce this across the board, then it really helps us to improve our security posture and reduce our risk. And um, uh, I'll, I'll, at the end of the day, the, the risk versus uh, cost calculations at this point in time are starting to weigh heavier and heavier towards reducing the risk. Sure. We've certainly seen a lot of incidents that have underlined the fact that these attacks can be not only disruptive, but very expensive. Exactly. 
This Security Ledger podcast is sponsored by LastPass. For more than 47,000 businesses of all sizes, LastPass reduces friction for employees while increasing control and visibility for IT with an access solution that's easy to manage and effortless to use. From single sign-on and password management to adaptive authentication, LastPass gives superior control to IT and frictionless access to users. Check it out at lastpass.com. I asked on GDPR because one of the other things that kind of pops out of your um, uh, global password security report is that there are noticeable disparities in things like multi-factor authentication use across geographies mm-hmm. and across countries. So um, typical do-gooders, those Northern <laughs> Europeans are at the head of the class as well when it comes to you know using secure password technology of various sorts, uh, whereas North America lags a little bit. I've, I've really not been so, uh, too, too surprised at that, uh, to be honest with you. So, I mean, look, looking at- the- They're not only the happiest people in the world, uh, they've got the best password yeah, hygiene Yeah, they're so happy they have time to focus on the things that are fun and security, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I, I think, I think, yeah, it's like, I think th- this is really going back to some of those European regulations that have been fairly prescriptive with regards to what uh, uh, what they were actually asking companies and organizations to implement. I think that has definitely a strongly contributing factor. And uh, looking at the list, I mean, we're, we're, we're seeing Denmark, Netherlands, Switzerland, Germany, those are um, often perceived to be no-nonsense uh, cultures that uh, really take uh, these kind of things extremely seriously and uh, uh, implement them appropriately. But I'd also like to point out that uh, Australia, for example, has really seen a significant increase from like uh, 6% to 29% over the last 12 months. I think this is also related to uh, the kind of uh, n- new regulatory changes uh, regarding uh, mm-hmm. disclosure requirements uh, that are now uh, being mandated. Not only were there geographic differences, but also also, um, some pretty substantial differences when you look across industry verticals, in particular uh, that you saw industries like media and advertising, mm-hmm. many, many more passwords to manage in those industries. I was really struck by how different the password requirements are across different industries that depending mm-hmm. on the industry you're, on, you're in, you may have uh, a very different and more complex uh, password uh, landscape to navigate. Again, it's like this goes back to our industries regulated. Uh, so are there like externalities that uh, determine the quality of uh, uh, passwords that are that are required, or or is this an unregulated industry that uh, has uh, some a certain level of leeway with regards to de- determining themselves what kind of uh, security and ros- uh, security and risk posture they want to uh, entertain? I think it really comes down to what companies are willing to put in, and um, I mean that's that's ultimately what they get out. That is just something that that really across the board requires quite some um, uh, assessment from from the uh, respective uh, business leadership in those companies in collaboration with the security departments in order to figure out what uh, what what they want to drive you saw you know in a disparity between large and small companies not only the number of passwords but also the prevalence of sort of bad password hygiene and practices like password reuse do we know that that there's a correlation there, that the, the more passwords you have to manage, the more likely you are to be reusing passwords between accounts. And I guess the question is, from the company's standpoint, what's the best and most effective way to clamp down on the bad behavior or the password reuse? Is it to target that directly or is it more, you know, let's just try and 
pare down the number of different account passwords these employees have to manage, and then we'll get them to have better hygiene for those accounts. Uh, reducing the number of passwords wherever possible is a great idea, right? And like I was saying earlier, it's like employing single sign-on technologies, employing things like OpenID connects through social logins or so, where appropriate is, is absolutely uh, important. And uh, it definitely helps uh, to reduce the overall threat surface and the risk across the board. Uh, where that is not possible, because uh, you sometimes have legacy applications that cannot be easily integrated or changed. Uh, you sometimes need shared accounts and uh, uh, sh- shared context where you really want to be able to share passwords across different uh, employees for, for various reasons. That is where uh, the, the use of uh, a, a password manager is really helping to, to maintain this kind of overall security posture that is uh, required. There have been a lot of stories coming out about two-factor and some of the, some of the challenges around that. Most recently, uh, Twitter this week announced that you know, they were they had been using the phone numbers people gave them to do two-factor authentication to uh, target them with advertising and things like that. And then we had the FBI warning about attacks on two-factor authentication uh, using SIM swapping and other uh, you know pretty sophisticated techniques, but but not necessarily technically sophisticated. Mm-hmm. For a company like LastPass, it, that's really in the password security business, and you know any more password security is better than less, right? But what's the right position to take with regard to two FA and and multi-factor? Is it necessary now to really start drawing lines of distinction around those two terms and say, well, you should really be looking at multi-factor rather than just two-factor? How do you see um, that coming down as an issue for you as a company and also for industry in terms of what technology to move to and embrace? Yeah, I mean, it's like if we look at the various kinds of uh, factors that that can uh, play a role in uh, authentication, it's like we, we traditionally have been really differentiating between uh, things you know, things you possess, and things you you are, so uh, biometrics, really. There's a number of different things that, uh, that, uh, that you really need to take into consideration. I mean, the original uh, multi-factor authentication that was uh, widely available for consumers was uh, really the uh, debit card and uh, the four-digit pin, right? It's like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's something you know and it's something you have. The pin is really short and the debit card uh, itself had a magnetic stripe that was easily read out. But at the same time, in this combination, it it provided for for decades a... uh, the right level of protection for even the most sensitive assets that uh, many folks have, uh, namely access, full access to their uh, to their bank account. So I think uh, these kind of uh, uh, overall considerations really need to be taken into account when you start to thinking about: Do I want a two factor two factor authentication solution? Do I want a really multi three factor uh, authentication solutions? Do I implement this really as a separate uh, token or device in the form of like a one time password generator or um, a, a cryptographic device that I can uh, use with my computer? Is that really necessary? Do I need to go that way? Or do uh, do I uh, make some compromises around the convenience, but make it much more usable across the board? And I think that's really what it mm-hmm. comes down to. It's like really uh, trying to understand uh, the uh, uh, the overall threat environment that you're dealing with, trying to understand how a multi-factor or a two-factor solution can ultimately uh, ad- help you address this, but also to keep in mind how the... Um, users uh, will interact with this system. If you're dealing with an administrator that has access to the backend databases uh, at a financial institution or another, uh, like a healthcare institution, 
obviously you want a very very high degree of uh, uh, of security around that you you want a strong cryptography you want uh, if you're using them long last pass or pass phrases in order to to be able to uh, to get in there you maybe want want to prove possession of physical tokens in order to make sure that you're in a position where um, the chances of authentication failure are, are extreme where uh, credential theft are extremely small on the other side, if you really deploy a multi-factor authentication solution to um, to an employee base or to end, end user consumers, in the context, uh, for example, of this PSD2 thing that uh, Europe is coming up with, requiring them to carry uh, little tokens around with them and um, replace them if they lose them, uh, that can be very messy, very complicated, and ultimately getting so much in the way that people are trying to find solutions around that. So it's like the... The right, right balance right. between usability on the one side and uh, the appropriate level of protection, given the uh, kind of assets you want to protect in the light of the threat that you're facing. I think that that's really the key to the uh, to the point. Yeah. And to be clear, of course, yes, there are potential or theoretic attacks on, on two-factor, mm -hmm. SMS two-factor, and we've seen those in the wild. You're still a million percent better off using it than not using it, right? So, so just because those attacks exist doesn't mean that the technology is uh, does not give you a huge uh, improvement in security over over the absence of the technology. Absolutely, yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's really something uh, where you have to choose the right tool for for the job. Focusing on a single kind of solution uh, only would would really not uh, be something that is ultimately helpful across the board. I mean, it's interesting these days. We read so many reports about you know sophisticated uh, attacks on organizations, whether that's you know about intellectual property theft or data theft, what have you, um, that start with account compromise, account takeover, you know, uh, hijacking, often using passwords that were you know leaked as a result of some consumer breach. So it's like the line between the authentication, the usernames and passwords people are using in their personal life and, and what they may be using professionally is very, very blurry. Do you see companies taking more of an interest in the password hygiene of their employees outside of work? So not just what are you doing to protect our systems, but what are you doing in your personal life? Because the personal and professional are kind of intermingled now. That's a really interesting point. It has changed quite significantly from uh, only a few years back, I would say. If, if, if I think uh, just a few years back, bringing bring your own kind of services, bring your own kind of identity, that was something that was hard to imagine and uh, seen as um, odd, potentially very dangerous. Today, it's starting to become uh, the norm, right? So uh, you, you really have to see the whole picture of uh, uh, of an employee is like across the board because they will use their own LinkedIn account in order to interact with customers or, or business partners. There's uh, often no way around this anymore. You have to use your own uh, Twitter account in some instances in order to support the, uh, the mission of your organization. Related to trying to be um, more authentic, and I think that is important for organizations, making sure that, that people themselves really uh, uh, can, can contribute to the success of the organization across the board. But that kind comes with those kind of uh, risks of like exposing company sensitive information through those kind of accounts as well. And the breach in a, in a personal uh, LinkedIn account could ultimately result in at least uh, reputational issues, if, uh, if not even more. So we feel it's, it's really also important to uh, enable employees not only in their uh, work life, but also in their private lives to protect themselves uh, in the same kind of a way. And that, that's one of the things we really had with LastPass in mind as well 
where we are allowed to combine the vaults from from uh, yeah. your, your work life with your personal accounts and then also separate them out later again so it's like if you're leaving the company and uh, you want to take your Facebook account and your LinkedIn account, et cetera, with you, then then obviously that that's something that we we have to support. And making it uh, uh, through through this kind of like a clear separation thing it really helps, I think, across the board. It's almost like companies, employers have to evangelize a little bit with their employees. Like, you know, you use these at, at work, but you should also be using them at home. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Because at the end of the day, it's also a productivity factor. It's like if, uh, if, if someone yeah. uh, um, is affected by identity theft in some form or another, they're out for many, many days because, uh, I mean, they really need to get their mm-hmm. life back together. And uh, this can be incredibly hard. And the company obviously wants to be uh, as supportive as, as humanly possible. So this takes time and this takes effort and uh, obviously requires uh, a lot of uh, support from, from all kinds of different sides. Avoiding that up front or helping people to avoid that kind of situation up front, I think, is a much better approach in this kind of case. I, I think the, the key element in all of this across the board is really raising awareness around this topic. Many folks that are working in the industry that have been affected by security breaches or password breaches or what have you, they have a good understanding about why we're, we're talking about this and why this is so important for, uh, for all of us across the board that, who are dealing with these problems. But I think um, there's still sometimes a lack of understanding or awareness in the larger organization. It's really something that, that we need to drive as a community into the general consciousness. Gerald Bouchelt is the chief information security officer at LogMeIn, the parent company of LastPass. You've been listening to the Security Ledger podcast. This podcast has been sponsored by LastPass. For more than 47,000 businesses of all sizes, LastPass reduces friction for employees while increasing control and visibility for IT with an access solution that's easy to manage and effortless to use. From single sign-on and password management to adaptive authentication, LastPass gives superior control to IT and frictionless access to users. Check it out at lastpass.com. Thank you.